This is Get a Load of This Podcast, where we cover topics for truckers and entrepreneurs alike. Our guests are coming straight from the trucking industry and industries that directly influence and impact the truckers and trucking companies. We want to bring tremendous value to today's leaders and entrepreneurs and our future of the trucking industry. The common passion amongst our hosts and our guests is one thing. It's you. It's you, the people that make this country move, the trucking industry. Enough with the introductions. Let's get this load on the road. We are your hosts, Thomas, Cameron, and Ryan. Let's get rolling. All right, what up, y'all? This is Cam with Get a Load of This. I appreciate you tuning in and joining us today. Uh, Today's going to be awesome. I've got... Two special co-hosts with me today. I've got Thomas Comstock from Valley Trucking Insurance. What up, Thomas? Thomas looks like he's muted. Let him yeah. come back around. And then I've got Ryan Young, also from Valley Trucking. Ryan, what's happening? Coming from Va- Vancouver, Canada. Thanks for oh, hopping yeah, in with I'm us. Back. Thomas, you're back. <laughs> IT technical. Uh, today's going to be great. I've got a good friend of mine, Grant Botma. And for those that don't know, Grant is an amazing person. He is someone who I've been friends with and I've looked up to in business for many years. So today's special guest is Grant Botma. Grant, how are you? Good, especially with an intro like that. Thanks, man. You know, I've uh, thought the same of you in the industry. Once we've met several years ago, being able to watch you innovate and try and find new solutions and new ways to help your community, man, you've got a fire for it. I feel like every year you're coming up with something else. And, and I love that. It's really cool to see you serve others. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. One of the things, so we are, this podcast is focused around the trucking industry for truckers, company owners, drivers, fleet managers, the, you know, basically anyone that does that. One of the questions we ask on the podcast, which is kind of fun, if you were a truck driver and what would your CB handle be? You're driving down the road, CB, people have tag names or handles that by a name or a nickname that they would go by. What would your CB handle be? Leroy. 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 That was my uh, nickname as a kid growing up. I grew up on a farm. Uh, kind of like a good old boy group of people. I was the middle of seven kids. And that's not my name. My name is Grant. My middle name is Martin. And my last name is Botma. But for some reason, I was given the nickname Leroy as a kid. So uh, Easy Leroy, enough. yeah. Easy enough. And I think a lot of people can relate coming from a farm background because a lot of truckers, I think, find their way from the farm doing harvest, pulling tractors in the fields to the weight of the truck. So um, good background with the work ethic. So how was that growing up on a farm? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I was able to uh, learn how to drive a tractor before I drew, drew learned how to drive a car. Uh, I didn't know there was other cars that did automatic. All I knew was <laughs> a stick shift on the tractor. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening can relate with that. So that was fun as, as a kid. Uh, that said, I was not what many would call an operator. I was not very good at driving the tractor and, and the heavy machinery. Um, my, my older brother was definitely a lot better than me. But yeah, you know, I, my, my parents, uh, like me, aren't perfect. They've made plenty of, of mistakes and kind of had a different upbringing. But one of the things that I never, ever questioned from both my mom and my dad were two things. I knew they loved me. Not necessarily because of their words. They weren't mushy-gushy. That's not how it was on the farm. But I, I knew they loved me, how they treated me, and I knew what hard work looked like. 
both of them taught me that and it was an amazing thing hard work doesn't always mean you know using a calculator or writing things down on a paper but when the job needs to get done how to grit your teeth and make it happen and that was a huge blessing growing up in a farm and watching that growing up with that yeah, that's got to be huge. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's no doubt that's kind of helped lead you to where you're at now. And so Grant has um, a few different companies, but the one we're going to hone in, which is such a major universal, I don't want to say problem, but really staple in every business is going to be culture. So Grant has a company called Culture Course. Um, and he, like I said, owns multiple businesses. I look at Grant as one of the experts on creating, developing, cultivating, and just having an amazing work culture. Tell us a little bit about Culture Course and what it's done for your business businesses and why you're so passionate about culture. Yeah, well, as you know, Cam, we, we went to different conferences together and we, my company started winning different awards, you know, Inc. 5000, fastest growing company, top agent, all these different things in the finance sector. So people were asking me, Grant, how do you do it? And I didn't have a good answer for him. Like it, there wasn't really anything specific I was doing. It was really my team. And when I talked about my team, I thought everybody knew how to do that. I thought everybody knew how to manage a team, how, how, how to manage employees. And what I come to find out when I'm going to these events is like, no, this is a really big problem. And people kept asking me over and over and over again, okay, how do you find this great talent? How do you keep them around? How, how do you pay them? How do you take care of them? How do you take people that you know have good character, but then teach them how to do things the way you want to do? How, how do you find trust in that? So creating a culture is something that I got asked about so much that I started speaking at these events. And my assistant one day was like, hey, we can't keep doing this. Uh, you're, you don't have enough time in your day. Uh, and she's like, have you ever heard of an online course? I'm like, no, she's like, you need to put what's in your brain into an online course. And, and that's what I did with culture course. I've, I've basically taken 60 hours of video, put it into this course with step-by-step -step resources, copy and paste instructions, uh, so that you know how to create uh, a thriving team of people going in the same direction. Yeah. And that's amazing. I, you know, and it's universal language with any business owner trucking um, right now is in a kind of like a little bit of an epidemic with not having a youthful driver force and people coming in. And mm. so part of that, I think, is culture, right? I think a lot of that when you're trying to attract younger or the new generation and people out of high school, out of college, is show them this opportunity, show them what a great industry trucking is, show them what a great company you would be to work for. And that all boils down to what your culture is and your core values and all that. What is something that you so I'm guessing a lot of these companies would interview you, you know, prior to signing up for the course. Um, what are some of the identifiers or the things you talk about with a company to determine if it's a good fit for them to sign up for your course? Well, a lot of it is is finding out uh, the culture of their community and what their community thinks about their business. So, as an example, um, this this works perfect, for, I think, for truckers, but. Uh, one of the companies I own is a mortgage brokerage. And uh, after the Great Recession, everybody, including the government, was talking poorly about people in the mortgage industry, mortgage professionals. Right. So as a result, there was already a negative culture in my society and in my community about being a mortgage professional. So much so that I own the company when people ask me, hey, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, <coughs> mortgages. You know, I'd like hide it. And I think the same is true of, of trucking. For some reason, it's gotten a bad rap. 
But uh, over the years, uh, there is something in our society where if you're graduating high school, you can't tell your guidance counselor, I want to be in trucking. Right. Like that's looked down upon negatively. Why? What's going on with that? And I think that's a, a huge thing to understand when you're trying to cultivate uh, a, a team and, and try to get a team to, to really be high producers. You have to understand, OK, well, what is the world saying about these people in this industry? And when it comes to trucking, when it came to, to mortgages for me, there was a negative thing there. And that's something that we had well, to fight, which was about about the kind of struggle uphill battle. Are there like kind of a one size fits all that are there at least a few core principles that you would say that people need to apply to their business to create a culture of, you know, inclusiveness or just, I know there are a lot of things I, I'm assuming inclusiveness, motivation, creativity, but what are the principles that you would like to apply? If you could apply to every business, what do you think those would be? I guess. Man, Ryan, that's a really good question. And, and I, the answer is universal, no matter what the job, no matter what it is, but specifically, especially for industries that are dealing with this negativity from the community outside, you have to get your team motivated. And there's three things that everybody needs to motivate well. Money is not on this top three list. Money's there, you gotta make sure people are getting paid and paid you know, well enough to feed themselves. But there's three things more important than money, Ryan. And those three things are this. People want to know if they're doing a job right. They want affirmation. They want high fives. They want attaboys. They want to know if what they're doing is the right thing. People want that affirmation. Some people like it publicly with big old awards and trophies and other things. But some people like that affirmation in a different way. They could care less about the trophy, but they still want to know, hey, am I good at my job? And sometimes that affirmation comes through experience. Being a trucker for a really long time, you might know roads or know things or have relationships with other vendors that other people don't have. And you know, dang, I'm good at this job. And you don't want to quit because you know you're good at this job. That's an affirmation. Well, the second thing that people really want is freedom, autonomy. And that's a really cool thing that's in the trucking industry. There's a lot of freedom and a lot of autonomy of what you can and can't do with your life. Nobody wants to clock in, clock out, work for the man and feel like they have no control over their day. As a matter of fact, the more that you squeeze your employees and try to control them, the less they'll be productive. Sure, you got to give them guardrails. You got to give them guidance. That's the affirmation. But you don't want to make of them course, feel yeah. like they're enslaved, right? And here's the last thing, and this is the most important thing to get a team motivated, especially when there's this issue with people not wanting to come work in your industry. you got to give people a purpose. Why is trucking important? Why is, how is trucking going to make the world a better place? How is trucking going to help other people, real people's lives, and impact it in a positive way? Because you can get up out of bed when you're really tired after having a tough night the night before with whatever was going on with your family or whatever else is going on in your personal life. And if all you're waking up for is just to get a paycheck, at some point, you're not going to be motivated to work as hard. But if you're waking up for a paycheck where you get affirmation, you have some freedom and oh, by the way, the work that I do makes a real impact on real people. Wow, that's a big deal. And can we think of an industry right now in the world where there's a greater opportunity to talk about the impact and the purpose that can be had right now? I mean, I got friends and family members that are worried that they're not going to get their Christmas gifts and they're like trying to order right. them now. And what are we in October? And, and people know that they can't do last minute shopping now because of what's going on in the supply chain and in trucking. 
and in shipping. Like that's a big deal, right? This is an opportunity to create a narrative where you tell your team and you tell people, guys, we're going to make people's Christmases this year. We're going to make people smile. You know, what a cool thing. Yeah, and the big supply chain thing with the ports is starting to make news where we got all the cargo ships backlogged off the ports due to a multitude of reasons. We're not going to unpack that in this podcast, but um, just on the surface, people are starting to understand, yeah, you're shopping for Christmas in October because you're worried it's not going to show up in time. I mean, that's a perfect example. And I think coming out of COVID has really opened a lot of people's eyes to be thankful for truckers. And they probably did not get the appreciation or thanks prior to that. But once everyone had to rely on Amazon um, shopping, grocery pickup, grocery delivery, all these things, I think they start to realize, oh, pretty much everything that I have, own, live in, use came off the back of a truck, right? Air, rail and wheels those are how you get all your your stuff right so man what an amazing time for truck drivers truck companies to really rally behind purpose and the other things they really have to work on getting better at i feel like right is the freedom hey don't micromanage but like you mentioned put up the guardrails show them what they have what availabilities what benefits what this opportunity looks like and then really rally behind purpose because you're right that is what will drive people um and money's money is never the prime motivator so i love that you said that grant that's awesome yeah, and, and this is a, a really unique time, I think, in our world for, for trucking specifically, based on all the things that you just said. You even just mentioned, oh, man, well, during COVID, it was people realized, oh, this is how I'm going to get stuff. So not only can you have a narrative or a purpose that, hey, we're going to make people's Christmases this year for a purpose, but you can switch it and say, guys, the work that we do, it helps people stay safe. Yep. Right. Some people are scared to get out of the house or they were scared to get out of the house or still are. And they're just having things delivered to them. And this helps make people feel safe, but it gets the goods and services that they're looking for that they need to live off of is getting delivered to them. Without them, what would the would the world come to? You know, what would our country come to? I think we're finding out right now and it's it's tough and it's rough. It's real easy to create a purpose based on what's going on in the media right now, specifically for trucking and, and teams who are able to do that. To, to, is, is going to be great. And, and, and you mentioned, Cameron, oh, man, there's a lot of aging folks in the trucking industry. How do we get young people to be a part of it? you got to show young people that this job makes the world a better place, that they have an opportunity to do something that really matters. You want to know uh, somewhere who's really good at that? Look at the Army commercials. No Look at the Marines right. commercials. Absolutely. These are kids that didn't maybe necessarily make the best decisions in high school or kind of feeling lost, not necessarily where to go, what should I do? And every single one of these commercials pushes the most motivating thing on the planet, and that is purpose. We can do that. We can do that in all of our industries, specifically trucking. Well, Thomas, you were uh, Air Force. What drove you to that? Oh, well, thank yeah, you for your service. You know, honestly, the biggest thing there was purpose, actually. Uh, it was to develop in- independence and freedom from my situation at the time of my life, my family's support structure. I wanted to be my own man and take care of myself. But most importantly, I wanted to support a family. So the the purpose that they, like, like Grant said, propose and, and really espouse, it really helped me make that choice and jump in. And while I don't necessarily work well within the military structure because I'm not really much of a yes man. It did teach me a lot of very valuable things and set me up for a path that I would otherwise never have been exposed to, which led me here. So I'm very grateful for that purpose that they were able to give me. 
So you had all three things that you just mentioned, Thomas, in mm -hmm. that you talked about the purpose, you talked about the freedom that they were able to give, but then even the affirmation, as Cameron introduced you, he said, thank you for your service. How cool is that, that our society has this amazing perpetual affirmation for veterans? You know, what a cool deal that is. Uh, so, so because of your time that you served for our country, you get to live in a society that affirmation is continually given, which is a beautiful thing. It gave you some skills and things to have a freedom, but then also you were able to work with a purpose and now have a greater sense of purpose as a result of coming out of that. We can do the same thing with all of our teams. This doesn't have to be just the military. Well, I actually had a question uh, pop up earlier. Um, we're talking about the culture that we're trying to generate within you know, whatever company you operate within. Um, specifically with the trucking uh, industry, the aging population, I think we learned earlier in one of our podcasts that uh, the age of average age of truckers is somewhere between 53, 54. Is, is that right, yeah, Ryan? Yeah, I think that they were, yeah, it was 50 something. Okay. So then, you know, we have a pretty aging demographic of drivers out there. And then we're trying to recruit a younger crowd of individuals who might not necessarily see eye to eye culturally. So when you have that big of a discrepancy of groups coming together, how do you try to combat that to encourage a culture that they both can really buy into and have that purpose, freedom, and all the things that come along with that culture? So everybody from different uh, generations all wants those three things. They all want freedom, affirmation, and purpose, but specifically the affirmation and the freedom, they may want in a different way. And that's where you as a leader and as a manager have to understand that. You have to listen to your people and you have to listen to those individuals and potentially give different types of freedom and different types of affirmation to each person. Now, again, it might be different based on demographic or age or what generation they grew up in, or maybe even city or town, but you got to find some way somehow to give that affirmation and freedom to them, but it's just going to look differently, right? That said, in my experience, everybody, everybody, it doesn't matter what generation you're from, wants to make the world a better place, wants to make a positive impact on real people. I mean, even let's just look at COVID. One of the reasons why uh, some of the stuff has happened the way it has, I mean, whether you agree with it or not, or, or, or you're, you're, what side you're on politically or not, the whole idea of stay home, save lives was brilliant because it meant all I have to do is stay home and I'm saving people's lives. Wow. Sadly, some people got more purpose in their life from that than anything else they had going on. And as a result, they're like, oh, shoot, now I don't get to stay home and save lives. What am I going to do? How, how am I going to make the world a better place? Great, some great resignation. Struggling. That's what happened. <laughs> people are resigning. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. So to answer your question, Thomas, which I think is, is wonderful, you have to listen to your team, understand what types of affirmation are going to work best for them, what types of affirmation they're going to appreciate the most, but then also, hey, what type of freedom is going to work best? You know, some person, like I said, might want a big attaboy, thank you, public trophy on social media. Another person just wants to know what maybe another vendor said about them or what, what another employee said about them behind the scenes and that they know that they're doing a good job. Here's, here's one that works really, really well, especially for people that are uh, older, is giving affirmation to the employee's family in front of the employee. So if I'm ever introduced to whether it be one of my employee's kids, but especially like my employee's parents or brothers or sisters, I go right past my employee, don't even look at my employee in the eye. I look in the eye of the child 
of the mother, the father, the brother, sister, I give a hard handshake and I don't let go of the hand. And I say, did you know that employee A over here is really, really good at what they do? As a matter of fact, last week, they just did this one thing and it helped make the life of this other person awesome. They're very, very, very good at what they do. And, and I don't know you, I'm just meeting you for the first time, but you're important to this person. Otherwise they wouldn't have brought you around to what this event. And I know that you've probably had a, a place in a way of, of making this person as good at their job as they are. And I just wanted to say thanks. Like you wanna light up the life of one of your team members, you wanna have somebody run through brick walls for you and significantly increase production, it's that type of affirmation that specifically works really, really well uh, for an aging generation. Jesus, how impactful, that's crazy. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, just, just that's thinking, an easy just thing they can, that's an easy, quick, actionable item they can take on their next barbecue or function or holiday event and this'll be in good time for Christmas events coming up and a lot of companies are gonna start gearing up for that. Um, Cameron, that, that's exactly what I do at my Christmas event. I'll be honest yeah. with you. Um, there's two things that I love uh, love and hate about the Christmas event for my company. Um, <laughs> I love it because it's one of the most connecting and beautiful times that we have. Um, people laugh and they, they enjoy themselves and it's really great, but people are crying and it's emotional and it's good and yeah. I do that on purpose. Um, but the thing that I don't like about it is I'm tired. I am beat <laughs> uh, because what I'm doing intentionally is I'm memorizing the names of the kids and the uh, spouses of the, the people at the event. So when I go up to them, I know them by name and I am trying to give as much encouragement about every employee and to each of those people every single time. And my team is growing to a point now where it's just like, it is tiring to do it, but it's, <laughs> oh, it's so worth it. It's so worth yeah. it. And I can't help it. It's almost like, I can't help but get off the idea that there's a huge parallel here to like, obviously leadership. The, a big part of this is just your leadership style and communication style with your employees. But even like, it's almost like parenting. <laughs> it's like we're talking oh, yeah. about, you need to give affirmation and you need to give them a purpose and find out what motivates them, right? And these are, this is so huge. And I mean, it's it's one thing to hear those as just like blank concepts, but then to hear them actually being utilized in specific ways, it's just amazing to see the impact, like talking to somebody's family and then knowing that that family member later is gonna be like, do you know what this guy said about you? I mean, mm -hmm. I could imagine like the smile on somebody's face or just the satisfaction that you get from knowing that they didn't even hear it directly from them because they might think it's a blank statement, but when it comes from their family member, I mean, how impactful can that be? It's just huge. Oh, it's it's awesome. And it, uh, look, there's there's uh, something that you, you can talk about, like these ideas, right, of giving affirmation, but then it's another thing to be intentional about it. And that's exactly how to win with parenting and win with your team. Look, I know that I'm supposed to listen to my kids and I'm supposed to encourage them, learn why I'm proud of them. Mm, but what if I don't schedule it and I'm not intentional with that, right? right? So my wife, we do this thing called One Kid Up where every week one of our kids stays up with just me and my wife and the other kids go to bed. And during that time, we're intentionally trying to love them, listen to them and affirm them. Well, why don't we do the very same things with our team, right? So as a manager and as a leader, you need to put in your calendar time where once a week, all you're going to do is just encourage people. Whether that's walk around the office and give high fives, get on the CB radio and hit people up and let them know that they're doing a great job. Or, or send an email or write a note. 
but do something where you're going to affirm somebody intentionally. If you, because if you don't schedule that stuff, it's not going to get done. Right. But you also have to listen to them to let them know what ways they like to be affirmed and what right. ways they like that freedom. So once a quarter with my team, I do what's called an employer review. So rather than an employee review where every 90 days I tell them how they're doing, every 90 days they get the opportunity to tell me how I'm doing. And I'm just asking questions and listening. And I do that intentionally every quarter. And that allows me to take all these leadership things that we know about and put them into life. Right. You know, you have to be intentional about that stuff. That's, that's incredible, man. And you know, this, hopefully this isn't too hard of a question, but I'm kind of curious, has there ever been any feedback that you've gotten in that process that's been not necessarily earth shattering, but maybe hard to hear that you had to kind of take a second and maybe develop a new strategy to kind of win over employees? You want to share? Oh, yeah. R Ryan, look, if you want to be a good leader, you have to be humble. Oh, for sure. I, and 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 it's sometimes I get humbled in those meetings. You know what I'm saying? Um, and here's the thing: if they tell me something I don't want to hear, that's an unbelievably good thing, because that means they trust me. Right. That is big. So I'm hoping now going into these meetings that somebody's going to tell me something I don't want to hear because that exhibits that trust that they have for me. But the best ideas I've ever gotten for my company have come out of those meetings. The best adjustments that I've had to make as a manager and leader, my growth as a team leader has come from those meetings because I'm able to now look in the mirror because of them. They're my mirror in those meetings, right? And they tell me where I need to make adjustments and change. I mean, I've, I've, I could sit here and talk for hours of, of the times where they've told me, hey, I don't really like it when you do this or, hey, you know, I saw that you did this to this other person. I'm not sure how they feel, but if I were you, I wouldn't do that type thing or right. um, it, 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 it's, it's awesome. It's, it's really, really great. So yeah, I totally get that feedback, Ryan. And, and it's a good thing. What, what do you think was the most impactful one that maybe like caused a big way that you approached your business? So at uh, my company, we have four character traits. Uh, we, we have a purpose and our purpose is that we're going to love people through finances. And the reason why that's important is if people's finances don't get taken care of, we know it's the number one leading cause for divorce. We know it's the, another reason why people have to keep working hard because they didn't get their finances taken care of. They're unable to retire or move into the next stage of life or they don't have the relationship with the kids they want because they're working too much and on and on it goes. So if we take care of people's finances, it makes a real impact on their life and so many other people's lives. So... How do you do that? Because that sounds weird, loving people through finances. Well, we have four character traits. There are love, humility, transparency, and innovation. Those are four things that we try to do every time. Well, one of my employees told me, hey, Grant, you're not being super humble with what you're talking about. So there's another financial guru that a lot of people know, Dave Ramsey. And I really like Dave Ramsey. I've, I've actually taught his Financial Peace University at my church for almost over 10 years. But there are some things I don't really like that he says. I think that can actually be dangerous to, to some people's finances. That's my opinion, right? Uh, and when I would talk about that, I wouldn't do it in a very humble way. It was against the character traits of what we were doing. So one of my employees called me out on that. I'm like, dude, you shouldn't do that, man. I'm like, oh, oh Okay. You know, at first my response is like, whatever, what do you know? I'm the leader, I'm the boss, whatever. But you don't say that out loud. No. You got to be humble enough to absorb it, wise enough and emotionally intelligent enough to just sit on it, think on it. Right. And as a result, I changed the way that, that I talk about those things now. Um, and uh, it was a big, big deal because there's a. The, the, it turns out that a lot of people in our community thought the same way. 
that they love some of the things that Dave Ramsey teaches, but there's some things they just struggle with. And, and they were looking for another voice. And now I have people coming to me uh, because of the kind of the marketing and the videos and the podcast and all the things that we do that they tell me like, you know what? I like you. You're, you're, you're a more approachable or humble version of Dave Ramsey. Like people say <laughs> that. And I, and I never would have came across that way had it not been for the employee challenging me. That's fantastic. Well, and people that are investing with a course such as Culture Course or in their management styles or furthering their education or consuming books and following other leaders that they admire, they're investing back in their business and in their team. And I didn't really expect to segue into any uh, other businesses that Grant has, but he has a financial planning company. And so um, that's something that, you know, you're investing and it's going to pay tenfold, right? What you put into your employees, what they're going to get out of it. I mean, what are some of the feedback, feel good stories, testimonies that you've got from other businesses that have taken your course? What are some highlights that just make you feel good that you can share about? Yeah. So, you know, I, I strongly believe in this concept of, of stewardship. And it's the reason why my company name is, is called stewardship, you know, stewardship, mortgage, stewardship, insurance, stewardship, financial, um, stewardship planning. Right. And, uh, what you're talking about, Cameron, is just that. Sure, it's investment, but but it's stewardship too. Everybody who's listening to this podcast is has a platform of some way, shape, or form. You have influence, whether you know it or not, and and you have the opportunity to either be a good steward or a bad steward. Bottom line, and uh, you have to think about: Am I making the most of these opportunities? Am, am I utilizing the resources that I have available to me? So if you're talking about the team that you have, first, it's recognizing and saying out loud and repeating to yourself, the most valuable asset I have is my team. It yeah. truly is. I, my company would not be anywhere near where it is without them. And now I have a team of li literally top performers in their field. I have the top ranked mortgage guys, the top ranked insurance guys, the top ranked financial, financial planners in the country are on my team. They're high producers they're extremely valuable and you have to first say that out loud and admit that to know that, that you're going to be a good steward and once people do that and once people recognize that those are where some of the feel-good stories come from in in people who take my course because they were really struggling with this issue of trust Grant, I, I can't do that. I can't give people freedom because I don't know that that I can trust that well I don't want you know the inmates to run the asylum well, my response is, are you running an asylum? That sounds terrible. I wouldn't want to be an inmate there, right? And some people think that, oh, you know, well, they've got to earn my trust. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. They've got to earn to keep your trust. But the first thing is you have to give trust. This sounds extremely weird. And this only works for maybe some company cultures. But for me, it does. And people who are, have listened to this point and you've made it this far into the podcast, you probably get why I would say this. But before I hire somebody, I look them in the eye once I know that I've made the decision that I'm going to hire them. And I'm like, I believe love is a choice. And I'm choosing now to love you and your family. I've never met your kids. And maybe I haven't met your spouse yet. But I love you guys. And I'm doing everything I can to care for you. And that's important. Because teammates who know that their boss cares about them are statistically proven to be higher performers. I'm telling them right then and there, I trust you. So maybe you're not a manager or, or, or a leader who wants to say that word love, but at the very least, if you can tell somebody, I'm giving you my trust right now, it gives them 
and a crazy sense of responsibility. You've just affirmed them that you hired the right person and that they're worthy of your trust. But trust also gives freedom, and they're not going to want to mistake that trust. So the really cool feel-good stories of people who have taken my course has finally gotten over that. They, they've learned that they let go of the micromanaging, that they do give trust to their team. And they, like me, watch some of these people that they never expected not only become decent performers, but turn into absolute high performers on their team. Great answer. I love that. And I think it's hard for a lot of people that just naturally become entrepreneurs or managers or business owners is to put aside or set aside their ego, right? Mm -hmm. And they always, a lot of people have the mindset of they're not going to do it as good as me and it's never going to meet my standards or expectations. And they, they really struggle with relinquishing that control um, and letting people shine in what you saw in them to hire them in the first place. Otherwise, they probably didn't even, shouldn't even be on your team. Um, I'm guessing you address that and you unpack. What are some things Dude, that I, you touch Cameron, on? I, in I, the I not only undress that and, and unpack yeah. that, but I like wrote that was my issue. That's what I wrote a lot about in my book. It's like, I, I didn't want to let go. I was scared they weren't going to do it as good as me yes. because I had that self-affirmation. I was really good at this job. I thought I was one of the best in the country. Well, now here I am and I've got people who are way better at it than I ever was, right. you know? And some people might feel threatened by that, but I think it's the coolest thing in the world. I get to benefit from it financially, but you want to talk about having joy and fun in life? Give somebody a purpose and make them really good at an awesome job and watch how they thrive. It's freaking awesome, man. It's a, so much fun. I, I, I don't want, ever want to stop doing this. It's, it's, a, it's a blast. So I, I was there. I was there where I was scared that people weren't going to do the job as good as I could do it. And I, and I thought to myself, they, they won't. And guess what? Cameron, I was right. They won't do it the exact way I do it. And that's okay. All I need to do is give them the guardrails to make sure that they're doing it with the way that my culture should, but I have to give them the freedom to do it to the way their personality and their abilities should. And once I give them that freedom, man, I take off the shackles, but I keep the guardrails there. That's when they become better at it than I ever, ever was. It's like putting the yeah. bumpers up in a bowling alley or something, basically. That's a perfect analogy, go. man. Let I don't want go. them to go in the gutter. That's for sure. But I'm going to let them throw it down the lane however they want. I got the gutters there. It's fine. I don't care how they throw it. Just knock some pins just, down. Just man. throw it. And it's yeah. powerful, too. I know a lot of these company owners, especially in trucking, um, you know, their name's on the door, right? Uh, they're they're yeah. associated with the DOT. Um, and there's such the stigma of a driver can come in perform poorly, potentially hurt the public or just, you know, not operate to the company standards and then just walk away, right? Get another job. So I think people are very fearful of that. But I think it starts on the hiring process. And I'm guessing in your course, you emphasize and focus a lot on finding the right people, how to how to recruit, how to hire. Can you touch a little bit on that? Yeah, you're you're correct. Uh, as a business owner, you have to know this going in that you now have a target. You're at risk uh, for a lot of things. But some of those things are you could bring on somebody who had no idea how to do the trucking industry and you taught them how to be a badass. And then they leave. That can happen. And guess what? It likely will happen if it hasn't already happened to you before. It happened to me, right? So you just have to know that going in. You cannot let yourself take it personal. Can you take it personal for a little bit? Again, because your name is on there and you care? Yes. That's fine and that's good, again, because you care. But 
at some point you got to be happy for them because their life is better off. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? That they were in a better place leaving your company than they were when they came in. How cool is that? That you're creating a place and have a company where you're making people literally better human beings when they leave your place. Look, I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that as soon as somebody works for me, they're going to stay working for me for the rest of their life. <laughs> right. Come on. I mean, we, can't, we can't think that. We cannot think that. So we, we got to know that when we hire people, they will leave. And if you have that proper mindset, that's extremely important. Now, when it comes to the hiring, you're right. If you hire the right people, it's going to help make sure they do stick around longer. It's going to help make sure that, that things go better in that regard and the biggest thing that you have to hire on is not necessarily ability but character yep. does their character match up with the character traits that your company is all about that is the most important thing okay i told you about some of the top performers in the mortgage world right one of them was a guidance counselor at university of phoenix before he came to work for me not qualified but now he's the best best in the country the other guy who's right behind him he was a grocery store clerk not qualified finances, right? But both those guys, amazing character. They know how to put other people's needs ahead of their own, which is extremely important when you're advising somebody on their finances. Otherwise, you'll, you could take advantage of them and screw them over. That's not what we do. We put the other people's needs ahead of our own. We're fiduciaries. We care for the client before we care for ourselves. And they do that really well. And they had that character trait within them. So automatically, I wanted to hire those folks, right? And sometimes you swing and miss. I've, I have hired some people that were not the character I wanted. I thought it was the person that I wanted, but that was before I had the hiring process that I lay out in, in, in culture course that allowed me to kind of determine, oh man, is this going to be the right fit or is it not? One of those things, I just look at their social media account. What are they posting? <laughs> they tell are a they lot doing a lot of stuff that's divisive? That's That, that may or may not be the person that's the guy I'm going to want on my team. If they can you know, rain fire from a keyboard, what, what else kind of fire can they rain behind the scenes if they're on your team? <laughs> right, right. Are they posting a whole lot of selfies that's just them? And maybe they're a little bit myopic. Or are there other people tagging them in posts about things that they're doing in their life where they're volunteering their time, making an impact on people at church or at a local food bank or, or whatever else? You know, what type of individual are, are you hiring? And I, and I definitely do that to make sure that what's characters being established on social media, maybe the character that I would want in, in, in my office. But when I hired that person that I didn't want, the best thing that you can do is get them off the team as soon as possible. And I do that by helping them find another job. Yep. And, and when you help somebody find another job rather than just say fired, you're quit. Because when you do that, negative news is going to be said about you and your company. That's one of the worst things that can happen to your public perception in your community is that this company over here, they don't treat their team right. That's how I quit. They fired me. They did this. The way you fire people will impact what other people think of your company. So help them find another job. Care for them. Genuinely. Yep. Help them become a better human being on the way out than they were when they came in. Yeah, and I know a few other successful owners and I talk with, and one of their things is the same. It's a commitment to the employee that in the next three to five years, my commitment is to make you 
three to five times more valuable than you are when you start with me. And they do that by investing in them, training, caring for them, loving them, investing in their personal growth, their personal life, their professional growth and expansion, whatever that means, I I guess, to the individual there. But I think it's just so key. And to circle back around on the hiring side of things, you know, I think it starts with identifying what your brand, your core values, your promise, your whatever you want to call it, mission statement. I mean, you got to kind of start at the basics, right? If a, if a trucking company doesn't even have core values or our promise or our mission statement, there's an easy stepping block. We'll start there. <laughs> and then let's Yeah, I mean, what, what we just that. talked about at the beginning to come full circle on this interview, it's like we said that they got to have a purpose. So what's your purpose? Right. What is yours? And do the t- people that you hire, are they going to align with that? Maybe, again, as we said our purpose is, uh, let's go back to the Christmas one. We're going to make people's Christmas better or whatever. Easy. Well, what if people don't like Christmas? <laughs> yeah. what, if people, what if they don't care, right? And Tom has raised his hand, right? I'm not, de- <laughs> I'm not a Christmas decorator at my house. No, oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, it just like stresses me. I think my wife's decorating for Christmas as we speak. <laughs> I'm oh, sure oh, my man. girls are doing it. Oh. <laughs> How about uh, Halloween? Thanksgiving. We've had Halloween up since Easter, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you see, this is a perfect example that everybody is going to align with a different purpose differently. So you got to really define what that purpose is. Again, I say we're going to love people through finances. And then I tell a story about why that's important. Well, I want to hear from people that I'm hiring that they resonate with those stories, that they resonate with that mission. That is key. I think it's huge too when you talk about the resume, like not everybody necessarily has the experience, but experience doesn't make somebody good at a job. They could have been hired anywhere, right? Like everybody started somewhere, maybe got experience that doesn't necessarily make them good at something or like you said, align with the value. So I think it's huge pointing out that it's really probably better to ask maybe more interesting questions to find out what their character is and you know, even, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, if maybe that's like situational questions in relation to your job or their job duties. Like, I don't know if you have any interesting situations like that, but. Totally. Yeah. So here's an example. There was a a girl that applied to come work at my company and her resume had nothing on it because she essentially just got out of high school. She was a super young girl and really didn't have I mean, there was nothing. There was nothing on a resume. No, nobody would have moved her on to the next stage of the hiring process. Right. Um, but through some of my filters where I saw, I saw, I'm like, man, this girl has, has some character. And really what it came down to is all the people on social media tagging her for all the things that she was doing in her life. I'm like, man, this girl's making an impact already. Like, this, this could be something. So I moved her on throughout the hiring process. And through the hiring process, she shined. And I hired her and she ended up being one of the most valuable people that has ever been on my team. And not only did she take the position that I was hiring her for, but her role continued to grow and continue to develop. And over a period of many years, she, again, she, she was extremely valuable. Well, after some time, she met a boy and this boy proposed to her and now they're getting married and now they're going to move out of state and now she's going to take all those skills and abilities and everything that i poured into her and is going to put it into her husband's business now i could stand there and get all bitter and upset and irritated or i could do what i did and that is support their relationship support their marriage celebrate them like crazy on the way out and you know what i didn't know it but she was telling anybody and everybody that she knew how awesome it was to work for me and to work at my company. 
And now, whenever I put any resume out there or any inkling that I am going to hire, I get more resumes and applicants than I know what to do with. As a matter of fact, at least on a weekly basis, somebody's reaching out to me via email or phone or social media asking to come work for me. This is in an environment where people are having a hard time finding employees. I don't have that problem. Not because anything I did, but because these people are sharing their experiences of working with me. And that's extremely important. Well, I, I think that's how you break the norm and the mold of trying to get younger people introduced to the trucking industry as you create these cultures and develop these companies and this mission and purpose and drive the word spreads itself you don't have to you still need to probably use the different methods of marketing facebook social tiktok whatever people are doing now to find and attract people but the word and and just testimony from old or past employees or current employees are going to go so much further in the world of hiring for you Oh, the same is true in the finance world, Cameron. I mean, yeah. specifically in insurance, what the average age of the insurance agent is, is up there too, right? Well, yeah. I just went to a wedding three weeks ago uh, to, for one of my newer employees who's worked for me for uh, about six months. And when I went to her wedding, a whole bunch of young people that are either still in college or just out of college, uh, when they were introduced to me, they're like, oh, you're you know, her boss. So what do I got to do to get a job to work for you? Like that was everybody's response. They want to come work for me. And that's a young generation. Why? Because they know that this person that they're supporting at their wedding, this employee that I have, all they do is talk positive about their job. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's amazing. Thomas, you were just piping in. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but... Oh, no worries. Um, you had a good question there. So, um, yeah, my, my question was uh, actually twofold or one's more of an affirmation actually to kind of go with uh, what you're saying and the other one is a question. So I'll start with the affirmation first. Um, you guys have been talking about the character and the lack of experience that you've noticed in some of your hires that turn out to be pretty, you know, well-performing and important for your company. Cameron hired me and I had no experience in the insurance world at all. I didn't even have my license yet to be able to talk about insurance, and yet he still hired me. He gave me the, the freedom to be able to do what I wanted, and he gave me the guardrails and said, here are your metrics, here's what you get to do, and you can make what you want, you can do what you need, and my purpose was to achieve that freedom he gave me and to reduce the amount of work that I need to do to satisfy my life goals. And he gave me all of those things. So, and I've been here what, five years now, almost six. Yeah, it's been it's been a, a while. You've been with me for a very long time now. Yeah, it's it, 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 a it's beautiful been, thing. Yeah, it's been yeah. one hell of a journey. And you know, I've I've thanked him many times for what he's done for me. So, you know, as a recipient of that stuff that you're talking about, I can definitely say for me that it it's definitely real and it definitely works because I've been with Cameron for a while. I'm definitely on his team and I'm invested in this whole organization and. You know, the first two years, I was not, <laughs> you know, I was just there for a job and the freedom to do what I wanted. And, but anyways, the question I, I wanted to ask is um, I'm not a big fan of social media. I've separated myself from that whole thing. When you're looking at someone's character and you want to do your investigative work, when they are in this position like I am, when they don't have that social media, what kind of ways would you pursue to find out more about those individuals? Yeah, there's there's several things. And again, in my course, I, I basically have almost an eight-step process. I think it's nine. 
I just added nine steps of the hiring process. And almost all of them are trying to find that out is the character. The social media is just one of them. Uh, another thing that you can do is intentionally put some barriers in their way through the hiring process that isn't their fault and see how they respond. Because if somebody gets a barrier that's in their way and maybe they have to redo a portion of the process or maybe you make them take another step because of something that happened, even if it isn't their fault, how do they respond? Do they respond with humility and grace and I'm going to overcome? Or do they respond with a woe is me victim mentality of somebody who is basically saying, oh man, here it is again. I can't ever get, oh man, keeping me down type thing. Or that wasn't my fault. You see what I'm saying? There's so many different things that you can do throughout a hiring process to see if their character is revealed. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and those are going to be huge uh, unlock achievements going through that course for any of these hiring managers, business owners. And I think this is something people need to really get on at an early stage in their business and infancy, you know, if they're not already established or have their systems and processes. But even if they do, gosh, how much value they're just going to unpack so many value driven things and unlocks and checklists and processes that'll just amplify their hiring and amplify their culture and just bring them that much further towards what they want. I think it's amazing. So we should let the record reflect that there's some reciprocal uh, affirmation going on. And Cam's got a nice twinkle in his eye after Thomas said all those nice things about him. <laughs> I guess I owe a public thank you for that. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. It's, yeah. it's, it's tough when you're the owner of the business, you don't have a team of people intentionally scheduling time to affirm you. No, um, you know, sure. so we, we all need it for sure. And, uh, um, uh, it, it, Tom, you, you probably don't know it, but what you're doing for Cameron, when you said that it's going to light him up, not, not just a twinkle as Ryan said, but it's going to help him <laughs> keep on keeping on to, yeah. to manage and lead well over the next couple of weeks and months. Yeah, I definitely hope that's the case. I mean, cause it benefits the entire team. And like you mentioned, yep. you kind of give what you get situation, you give humility, you give that love. You're most likely going to get it back from people who are on the same team with you. If you start being divisive or, you know, critical, hypercritical with people, micromanaging, they're going to be more likely to kind of walk away. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, th these things are definitely some leadership skills. I think almost every business owner could definitely benefit from. What's yeah, the best cool way to create a team that, that everybody's doing that automatically, just mm -hmm. affirming each other. Right. And it's, that would be the culture generating that self repetition and exactly. growth of that behavior. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Grant, what's the best way for folks to learn more about culture course and, and, follow you or consume content that you put out? Yeah. So you can go to my website is grantbotma.com, uh, G-R-A-N-T-B-O-T-M-A. Um, and that will take you to culture course where you can have the opportunity to take a look at it. Uh, but also I'm super active on social media. I'm tweeting many times throughout the day. I'm on Instagram at least every day. I'm on Facebook. So on, on Twitter and Instagram, you can just search me at grantbotma. And uh, there you'll be able to see me um, sharing some of my thoughts, talking about parenting, talking about leadership, talking about management, talking about finances, talking about politics. I'm, I'm on there talking about all, of, all the things. <laughs> Which is awesome. And I think there's so much value you bring just in other avenues, too. And, uh, you know, a large reason why people get into a career is to also hopefully save, hopefully invest for the future, 
hopefully, um, you know, provide this life for their kids or whatever their why or their reason for being is, you know, you can reach out to Grant for finances as well, you know, um, and follow him for content. I, I watch what you put out all the time and it's just great. You know, little snippets, quick videos, digestible content, tips, tricks, things to provoke thought. Um, I, I think it's awesome. So I really encourage everyone to just go give him a follow anyway, just for the other stuff that he's bringing to the table. Today, obviously, was driven on culture, which is a huge need in any business. So I really wanted to keep the focus and emphasis there. But um, but there's a lot more there. So um, go follow Grant on that for sure. Yeah, and Grant, Thanks, I got Cameron. a couple things. I know we you probably got to get out of here soon as well. But I was curious if you might maybe give a quick recap and maybe a little extra insight on how maybe like new owner operators or trucking companies that are starting to grow might be able to, you know, make, start making that connection with their employee post the beginning of their employment. One of those, one of the issues I would imagine is just having the separation from their employees. They don't see them as often, right? Sometimes every 10 days, sometimes every month, or maybe even less, depending on the size of the company. Do you have any maybe recommendations or any advice you could give to employers in that situation, especially if they were wanting to create the culture while they already have employees? Yeah, so uh, it's kind of how I do that now with my team. Not all of my team comes into the office. Many of them work from home because that's part of how I do freedom. People can work from wherever they want, whenever they want as part of my team, as long as they're getting their stuff done and they're meeting the mission. That's that's part of the, the culture that we have. So like you, the example you put together, Ryan, I, my, I don't see my team every day. So a couple of different things that I'm doing is I have a unified electronic means for us to communicate. We use Microsoft Teams. Some people use Slack. Some people use a group text message, you know, whatever it is, make sure you're communicating with your team. And at least once a week, um, I'm doing a video. It's about five minutes long. And I just talk about, hey, this is what happened in our team over the past week. This is what we're doing over the next week. What have we just done? What are we going to do? And I also share different testimonials, testimonials from customers, but then also testimonials from each other. So somebody giving somebody else a shout out for just doing something awesome. And I highlight an employee in that. So just doing weekly communication there. Uh, but on top of that, I'll uh, make sure that we are getting together on a minimum basis. So once a month, we, we do meetings every every Monday, and most of those meetings are done electronically. But once a month, everybody's required to come in for those in-person meetings. And I kind of make it a party and have it fun. I buy food. I buy, I buy breakfast. I buy lunch for everybody. Come on in. We're going to have a good time. And it's just amazing social engagement to connect with them. Um, I honestly don't get a ton of work done on those days because those are just meeting days, but I'm connecting with folks and just giving that affirmation, asking questions, listening. And then more importantly, and we talked about it earlier before, that's those employer reviews where I'm allowing the employee to review me and I'm intentionally scheduling time one-on-one -on -one with everybody on a quarterly basis um, and just asking some very intentional questions to see how they're feeling about their job, see how their family feels about their job, see where they're at emotionally, mentally, um, and make sure that they're in a good place, but then also make sure I'm asking questions to allow them to give me feedback about me and my management, but also feedback about my company. Now, some of the best ideas I've ever had about the company and, and adjusting some of the products and service we've offered have come from those meetings as well. So just scheduling some stuff and being intentional about that. Uh, but then also you can do it by elect electronic means as well. Right. Yeah. Send them some food when they're on the road. <laughs> Something like there that. There you go. Right? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. And I know 
Um, Cam, Thomas, do you guys have anything else you want to ask before we get out of here? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you for uh, Ryan Thomas jumping on. Grant, sincerely, thank you so much for um, sharing with us today, man. I uh, am so appreciative of that, and there's a ton of value in there and just so much for people to unpack, and actionable items too. That's really what we're trying to deliver is just content, things that will make people better, be- better leaders, better business owners, investors, entrepreneurs, um, just make the world a better place, you know, and, and specific to the trucking industry. So I appreciate that. Uh, one of the things I know we like to part with, and Ryan, I'll let you kind of handle this. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've been moving towards this being on a billboard, but really, if you could advertise one message to everybody, if there was just one thing you could say, you know, whether that's, you know, life advice or motivational advice in some way or another, what is one message if you could fit it on a billboard, what would that be? Love others. That's it. That's what life's about. I was put on this planet to make sure that I'm taking care of other people, loving other people. As a matter of fact, every time in my life where I look back to where life sucked and it was really, really, really hard, it was probably because I was being internal. Yeah. I was loving myself first. Love that, man. And that's a big deal. Yeah. It's the family theme that I have with my kids. We always tell them, you can, if they're around right now, to bring them on camera to, to repeat it. But I always ask them, what is life about? And they say, love. I love and that. And then I say, well, what are we supposed to do with love? We're supposed to love others. Love others. Leroy said it. You gave me good stuff, man. Thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks, Leroy. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming on, Leroy. I appreciate talking with you, man. It was was a pleasure. It was a lot of fun, you guys. Yeah. No, it's good, man. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. That concludes another episode. Um, We'll put links and uh, websites and stuff in the description, but go give Grant and follow. All right, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Grant.